Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Welcome to the Dirt Show. I'm Higher Peaks, and this is Lady Sativa. Hey, we are finally in studio. Yes, we are. First I hope time. this. I hope this sounds better because there's there's a lot of a lot of money sitting here. Mm-hmm. So if this doesn't sound better, we're screwed. Sure, sounds fucking great on my end. <laughs> it really does. It sounds a lot better. So, but we're really excited. I we put some pictures up and have kind of shown people what we're working with. I was looking around the room like you said pictures up like in the room. I'm like, no, he didn't. There's no pictures in the room yet. I know. We that was a pictures. stoner moment. <laughs> we took pictures. <laughs> it's really it's really nice though. The sound is in here is getting better in here and uh, we just we got a lot of details left but we're up and running. So that is awesome. And so we're recording everything from front to back pretty much in here. Hell yeah. I imagine we'll still be mobile. Yeah, we'll probably still do it at home every once in a while when we can't well, drag ourselves I mean out also house. going out. We'll probably go out to farms this next season too as well. Yep. Got to go out and see those guys. But we'll see. Maybe they'll want to come in and get out of the heat. They might give us the tour and then want to come in and do the interview. That's what I'm thinking. That'd which be Which would be really nice, yeah. Because most of the time we have to find some building or some place that we can record. Right. Yeah. Some shack. <laughs> That'd be a lot easier if we can just record the scene and then... Yeah, we'll just go out there, record the video, mm-hmm. talk to him, have our guys come out. Um, you know, we, knew how, we do have a team now. We're kind of figuring out how that's going to work, but... You know, we do have an audio engineer, uh, Zach, what's his name? I want to say hi, Zach. Hey, everybody. I also wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to have Higher Peaks and Lady Sativa come in and work with us and kind of show us the ropes on getting a podcast started. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate having you here, buddy. It's going to be a real helpful for us because having to operate everything and still stay on task and ask questions has been, I'm okay at it, but... Not great. Now that we got this new mixer and stuff, uh, there's so much more we can do. Hell yeah. But the team includes some other people. We'll be able to take some, you know, have a full team out coming to the farms and taking video and editing and all that BS. So, yeah. Uh, this week, you know, I've been looking at the cannabis news and like, did we just die? I mean, I, I don't know. Apparently, all... mushrooms are coming out and dropping everything off for us, but it's cool. It's cool because that takes us out of the line of fire. With what? The everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What do you mean with what? <laughs> Cannabis is taken down a notch, maybe. Well, since with all the psilocybin's yeah, coming around. That and I mean, I, I just the Trump stuff. So all the political stuff is just. Oh been well, headlining. no, that can keep the light for a while because yeah. uh, if he's out of here, then we're good. Well, by the time he's out of here, he'll be done with term anyway. So it'll be another Clinton thing. But oh. no politics, no <laughs> politics. Bottom line is, cannabis. Good news is it's been out of the news. Mm-hmm. Nothing much going on there, but we are, you know, kind of branding towards the hashtag psychoactive culture. Yep. We got that defined. I feel like we should just be able to talk about mushrooms anyway. Why not? So with that said, that is in the news. 
just a day or two ago um, in Oregon here, it, there was an article on the website Marijuana Moment talking about Oregon activists begin signature gathering for 2020 drug decriminalization. I said that funny, but I got drug. it. Drug. Now let listen. Decriminalization. Listen to this. <laughs> drug decriminalization initiative, not psilocybin. Because so. you say it in the middle really fast. Decriminalization. Yeah. Well. <laughs> The thing is, is kind of they kind of slid this in there. Mm-hmm. So um, they're collecting signatures to actually get all drugs decriminalized. Now, this kind of was with the whole Oregon 2020 initiative for mushrooms. That would be amazing. That's what I want is for it to be just decriminalized. I don't want it to be taken down. No. no it just needs to be taken off. And I think the people that are kind of in charge of this initiative are doing it right. Like they're keeping it low key. Mm-hmm. They're not making waves. They're not causing problems. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to cause a fight. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I want to read just a couple parts of it because there's some interesting things with it. And it just it just slid out. Even the article was kind of sly. But so three months after petitioners quietly submitted the proposed ballot measure titled the Drug Addiction Treatment and Recovery Act, or DATRA, the signature gathering process has started with organizers deployed to Portland to raise support. Um, obviously, it'd be a long road. They need to collect the 112,000 signatures. Go Portland, that's like our backbone when it comes to fucking Oregon. It's it really like is. It, they start everything for us. Yeah, they, yeah. Hell yeah. It's because of the mass amount of people that live there. Well, yeah. the, the massive amount of people with the same they idea. They can stay up there. <laughs> Love you guys. Yeah. We'll keep Portland weird because we like it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll stay down here and watch from a distance. Yeah, so it, it, that's going to be on the 2020 ballot, of course, too, uh, hopefully. And, you know, like I said, they're keeping it fairly quiet. Funding and polling will decide whether they mount a full push for this measure. But until then, they're doing it, I think, right. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. listen to this. To that end, their efforts are being helped by David Bronner. Now, you know who this is, right? I think so. CEO of the soap company. Okay. Dr. Bronner's, okay. yeah, Mr. Nature himself, I That's think. That's what I thought, but I wasn't 100%. <laughs> so he's investing 250000 in the campaign. An additional 500000 will go to separate organ initiative, the psilocybin one. This dude is legit too. Can we just, does he live in Portland? I mean, that's almost a million dollars towards this initiative. All right. So the DPA is who backed Oregon's successful marijuana initiative in 2014. That got passed. Uh, and they're supporting these new efforts as well. They're trying to put out this low-level drug possession being an infraction and only punishable with a $100 fine. (laughs) That's a slap on the fucking wrist. It's actually pretty crazy because, I mean, yeah, I got a gram of heroin. That's only a $100 (laughs) fine. My fuck. (laughs) I don't know. know. Will that also include heroin? Well, it says all drugs, so. Okay. That, Okay. Well, I didn't know it was those drugs. I, I thought it meant like certain the, drugs. I when I read the article, I told I know. you listen. I know. <laughs> I needed so, to listen a little closer because I was thinking of just those drugs. Bottom line is Quote what they're unquote. gonna and part of the problem with it is that they're gonna fund a lot of this money instead of in the education department, although believe it or not, the Oregon education kind of supports this stuff. The problem is, is they would funnel money away from the educational programs and funnel into drug treatment programs, which is what this is all backboned on. So the idea is if these initiatives pass, it's for medical and they're going to have it to where this money 
from these programs flow into drug treatment centers, not like cannabis where it's education, law enforcement, and this and that. I do got to say, on a side note, pertaining to drug enforcement and stuff, it's really sad, though, that a lot of money is being put put into that instead of other things that could be free for patients, such as diabetes and and other things. It is sad that there's going to be a whole lot more. It's thrown out there that it can be decriminalized for stuff. And then they want to put all the money into the drug rehab course, you know, rehab places. So in other words, they're like, we're going to let you have your drugs and we're going to provide you a way to get (laughs) clean from your drugs. But if you actually have a disease such as diabetes, sorry, you're fucked. You have to be drained dry in order to get your medication. Well, and this could... It's kind of sad. Well, and I could be... Maybe this is a, a too extreme, but I often wonder if they're saying, okay, well, we they, government's still got to make money, right? So instead of being able to make money on not only the drugs, now they can actually make money through the drugs and the treatment centers to treat the drugs Precisely. that everybody's using. That's, <laughs> that's my legal. point. So is it, Talk about a loophole. <laughs> but they people can't choose to have diabetes. And so they're just- Or closed loop, I should say. Yeah. It's just, it's sad that pe- you know, people can't choose to have these things and- but people can choose to have drugs or take drugs. It's just sad. I I think these people are just trying to get these initiatives passed. So They are. They are. You know, the thing is, is a lot of this stuff seems like it's just moving in this one direction, slow or fast. It's going to happen at some point and at some level. Um, right now, even though Oregon seems to be leading all this and Colorado's already started and such, mm-hmm. there's 100 cities across the U.S. They're pushing for reduced penalties for psilocybin, ayahuasca, all those natural psychedelics. See, that's so, fucking awesome. Well, see, that's the thing. So it's like this push is almost inevitable, but how it's handled, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Something we're going to keep talking about, though, and, and see yes, how this because unfolds. because it's, it's what's happening in our life right now, Yeah, in our surroundings. Yeah, and even like these the politics and stuff, these politicians like Yang, I don't know if he's the best person to be president, but... This dude, he's like, bring on cannabis. Let's legal. He wants to legalize opioids. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got some pretty progressive, you know, stuff coming out. So right now, the only thing with that that's linked kind of to it, especially with Portland, that you know, we've been talking about all the stuff that they do, even regardless of the Oregon's initiative, Portland's really pushing to have Portland legalize mm-hmm. mushrooms. Right. So at again, least city by city. Yeah, they're trying to just take it in, but so, they also do have up in Portland and in Bend. They have those the can the, you know the cannabis clubs. They have Northwest Cannabis Cannabis Club. They have um, Pacific Circle and Bend. Right, nice so, place. Shout which, out to those guys. Freaking amazing! And so it's like those two places have brought it around. Why the come on Southern Oregon? Right. Why can we not have that for Southern Oregon? Why has it not happened yet? <laughs> We're getting there, but it's like. That is shows that you can do stuff city by city because that's that's the actual city that or the county that voted that in. Yeah, and I think it well, just it matters. Like I told you on a previous episode, that even if it's you're able to grow four plants federally, it not, that doesn't mean you can grow it in the city, town, Mm-mm. county, or any other stuff. Wasn't it Grant's Pass was the last one that had a ban on growing in town? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they don't anymore. Well, uh, there's always a list of, you know, because, uh, yeah, there's always a rules. list, but well, uh, because I talk to Ron all the time too. Yeah. He also is, uh, grows there. Pass, yeah. yeah. For Grant's pass. And he's like right in dead center. Well, of it sounds pass. like Zach just confirmed that. So. Well, yeah. And Zach was shaking his head as well. <laughs> <laughs> when we finally get our video up, you'll see that. <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to see it as well. <laughs> 
Right now, it's four big cities, though. So Portland, us being one, Portland, Chicago, Berkeley, and Dallas, all pushing to decriminalize. Uh, they're pushing it through city council with actions and ballot measures. Uh, these are all you know, building to be successful campaigns. Hell yeah. And they've already deprioritized <laughs> psilocybin in Denver and actually Oakland. I don't know if you know that. California? Uh, I believe so. Let me see. I'm like, I know there's a, that. we have an no, Oakland, I'll, Oregon. No, I, Oakland, Oakland, California. Okay. They confirmed okay. it. So both Denver and Oakland have confirmed. I just wanted to make sure there's not another it. Oakland I don't fucking know about. <laughs> I just want to know what these cops are doing. Like, all right, man. Got some bags of weed and some of those uh, mushroom caps, some of those funky fungus. Do you have those in a capsule? <laughs> Zach, do you know what you call fungus? Is that what they call it? A what, is a cop, what is a cop going to call it? Do you have some of them magic mushrooms, son? Let me see. Does he have to have that little whistle? Kind of creeping <laughs> me out here. Kind of sound like the owl, I think is what it was. You're funny. Yeah. So the proposed city ballot measure to decriminalize entheogenic plants and fungi was filed. Uh, that was just last week. It's called, it's basically being backed by decriminalized nature Portland, which I think is cool. You know, decriminalized nature Portland. Absolutely. They are trying to push for basically allowing people to actually cultivate and reap health benefits without fear of prosecution, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Have their medicine. Mm hmm. Yeah, which goes hand in hand with cannabis. Can you imagine that? We'll just have a backyard full of ma magic mushrooms and cannabis. I, I'm good with that. The backyard can't be full of magic mushrooms. They have to be in a tote <laughs> in order to grow properly. Uh, it says the initiative states that Portland may not adopt any laws prohibiting or regulating the possession, cultivation, or distribution of psychedelics for personal use. Interestingly, however, it carves out an exception allowing for regulation of the commercial sale of substances. Quote, when the quantity being sold by the offending person is worth more than $500 per week. Oh, that's right. They have to pay taxes. <laughs> if you make too much money, you got to pay taxes on your illegal drug. Well, sales. basically, the illegal. <laughs> it wouldn't be. Your drug sales. How about we just say that instead of illegal? <laughs> I, I just think that initiative is great because that's 500 a week. That's two G's a month. I mean, hell yeah. Right. Screw selling on Amazon anymore. That's hilarious. <laughs> I got one for you too. What's up? It's on actually the same place, marijuana, uh, marijuana moment. They seem to be the hot ones right now. Yeah, it's uh, for the culture news that Willie Nelson will never stop enjoying marijuana despite quitting smoking. What the fuck? Come on, no, 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 no. If Willie <laughs> quits, I quit. Actually, not really. <laughs> Says there's a lot of articles going around saying my father is no longer smoking weed. It's almost 2020. How people ingest cannabis has changed. Of course, it has. So in other words, between vaping, edibles, gummies, drops, etc., I think it's safe to say Willie will never stop enjoying Mary Jane. Yeah. Well, well, you were mentioning, we were talking about how he's doing some running or something. Oh, yeah. He's He's been a runner for a really long time. He's been very, uh, he's very active. Uh, let me see if he actually shows on here. Nelson, he sells uh, CBD-centric lines of products in 50 states, which I think we all know about. Um, but yeah, he's run, ran for years because we actually, we have his book. Mm -hmm. um, it's on my Kindle, which we got to read still yeah, you're all the way through. <laughs> yeah, we haven't finished it all the way through, but he's really, really active and he's been a really active runner for a long time and he smoked cannabis. He never stopped. He has always done it. He's always exercised. He is. I still, I'm wondering if he doesn't consider vaping, not smoking though. He would be my number <laughs> one person to hang out with and just 
hear all of his fucking jokes and rants. I would love to hang out with Willie Nelson. I don't see why. Take we... some edibles and just get fucking high with him. Yeah, I don't <laughs> see why that wouldn't be. I think the the highlight of a podcast episode is to have like the top five. <sighs> yep. You know, or even the top ten. Be like. I uh, have quite a few. Willie, Snoop. Willie, Snoop. Probably Joe. Um, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Then, uh, uh, Seth Rogan. Seth Rogan, of course. He you know, was on there. Um, 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 Pineapple Express, my other. Yeah, Franco. Yep, James Franco. Yeah, I got to have him there. Mm-hmm. I could still go on. <laughs> <laughs> the hot list. Those would probably be my top five, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't feel sad. I think Willie, at that point, he's put, he's put down enough paper and, and flour to probably exactly. feed a small country and you know what? with smoke. So I think, think he can take a break. Age. Yeah. You know, he is older. And you know what? Maybe he just needs to stop so he can keep his lungs young a little longer. Well, you know that. And it's not like it kills your lungs, but it's still, it, it's not exactly what you want to be doing if you're... No, but all the options you have now with all the goodies and his, <laughs> his money. I mean, he could eat edibles all day long, every day. Mm-hmm. You can make I edibles. I can't afford that. You could take all that weed that he's been smoking on for all these fucking decades and make a whole bunch of edibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet she's not going to stop making flour, though. The Willie's Wonder no, or whatever. No, yeah. All right, well. Why would he take his name away? No. It's Willie. No, it's Willie. <laughs> all right, well, we had Far Out Fungus and Far Out Farms on. Yeah, that was fun. He Shout out to him. He is our first interview guest in studio. Yep. And it was a pleasure, my brother. Uh, from another mother had a lot of fun we did came and hung out and came out to the shop and this is one guest that he flew out from colorado to to show us what you know what's up with colorado scene with the um you know the cannabis and the fungus he really he's one of those guys that he he does two things well one he's got genetics Mm -hmm. and two he's got consistency Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest two factors and things i'm gonna say it until i'm dead i don't care if you've got the perfect plan if you don't number one he's humble Go on. He's if humble. you don't execute. Yes, he is very humble. <laughs> I'm like, that's one thing. It's one of the very few guys be a I know. Very important thing. Yep. One of the very few guys I know that is killing it and still stays humble. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he definitely has the consistency. So he's got the plan and he, uh, you know, does it every day right. Yes. And I think that is a good separation from, you know, what people would like to call master growers and a grower because. To uh, every grower I know, pretty much, except for the top top ones like say Jaybird, they miss a day here, miss a day there. Don't water this that day. Water too much. They're, they're, it's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So that's really how he does it. And if you look at Far Out Fungus, if you follow his IG there, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean he's his game is tight. The fungus is tight. Hell yeah, he enjoyed uh, extra his, large too. Yeah, he enjoyed his environment a lot here too. He, he well, did say he wasn't used to all the dabbing. I was going to say, funny enough, we thought having him come from Colorado that, uh, you know, he was going to show us a thing or two. But man, I guess Oregonians like to uh, dab it a little extra hard around here. And he complimented our flower guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he came to the store, THC, mm-hmm. and picked up about an ounce worth, I guess. Oh, no, exactly an ounce. And picked, uh, picked an out, and... I think, the best probably strains you got there the trop yes, cooks yeah. got some uh got some tropicana got some gelato 
33. Um, I don't remember if he got the Gorilla Confidential. He got the, uh, not Tic Tac, what's the, Now uh, and Later. Now and Later. And that then there good. was one more that he got, and I can't remember exactly Anyway, what it was. good representation of some organ genetics. And uh, even he said... He, I, yeah. he did say that. He, he did also say that when it comes to Colorado, that the quality of flower is not there compared to organ. You can tell that the organ's passion is there. Well, he had mentioned some uh, organic... You know, we're pretty passionate about having some good outdoor and indoor, mm -hmm. uh, whereas it seems like Colorado's a little more warehouse-ish. Yes. He says that you can tell that the love is, almost that the love is put into the organ stuff, which yeah. is how we grow. Yeah. We fucking love the plant, and so it shows in what we yeah. produce. So it was all good to hear, but it was also, you know, it was a really, it was an honor to have someone be able to fly out and actually bring some some out-of-state culture to the uh, to the show. Hell Yeah. And we appreciate it, brother. I I didn't realize that sitting down for two days straight and just hitting the record button for hours at a time would take so much out of me. But we really, it was, we got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So a lot of good info I'm going to share over time. This first one, though, is really cool. It's going to be like a, a kind of a twofer for you. It's not an extra long episode, but it's going to be about cannabis and mushrooms. Nice. So. By the way, I did not get to listen in. Just this in case good. all y'all didn't figure that out by that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll happen more often, but we talked a lot about mushrooms and he, the one thing I was like talking to you guys about is that I know a lot about cannabis. And so a lot of times when I'm having conversations about cannabis with people, we're kind of on the same level and we do share some things back and forth mm -hmm. and are always learning. But with, you know, fungus and mushrooms, I just don't know a lot. You right. know, I've done it, but I just don't know a lot. And so talking with him and people has been great because it's just all new stuff. Right. And it's so same with this conversation in this interview. I think a lot of people out there really like just hearing this stuff because it's really, you know, tells us a couple tricks with fungus, you know, with mushrooms. And he nice. talks about some growing things and stuff. So just a lot of good info. So Hell yeah. once again, brother, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, we really appreciate Colorado as well. You know, we got, we got some listeners out of Colorado. So. Mm hmm. Hell yeah. So we love you guys out there and, and glad that he could come out there and share some Colorado love here. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right, brother. We appreciate it. Here it is. Far Out Farms and Far Out Fungus. Oregon love. Stay rooted. All right. Thor from Far Out Farms. How's it going? Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, we've been talking for a while. Yes, sir. Yeah. And... Uh, it's been some good conversation. We've talked about a lot. Uh, nonetheless, we've developed some sort of a relationship over the last, I don't know, two, three months. I would say so. So you're from Colorado and you flew all the way in from Colorado to do this interview. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for the invitation. I, I couldn't miss it. Well, I mean, that was really nice of you to, to do that. Let's give people a little bit of context about you and where you come from and, and kind of how you got here. And like I said, you're out of Colorado, but... I was actually born uh, in Long Beach, uh, California. Um, I'm the son of two Marines and uh, I just happened to be in Colorado. Well, that was a move you did with your family, right? Uh, right. I, I backed my wife and she took there. a job, which means we took a job and now I find myself applying everything that I can towards the legalities that Colorado offers me. That's awesome. Now, Colorado obviously was the first state that fell for recreational cannabis. So uh, was that part of your guys' decision moving to Colorado was because of that? Absolutely not. I used to be a welder. That's my trade. And I, I still am, you know, I love welding. Uh, however, 
it was nice to come to a state and take a break from all of that. And I just seize an opportunity of lifelong dreams of uh, cultivation, you know, my way, my style. And I took advantage of it kind of for peace, peace of mind, you know, treat my body a little better, treat my mind better, and hopefully become a, a little better of a person through the experience. Yeah, welding can be pretty tough on your body and eyes and lungs probably, I imagine. Oh, right. And these cattle call jobs, you know, there's fatalities happening out there. It's a real thing, uh, you know. Uh, what led to cannabis? Is it something you've been growing? I mean, in the black market days? Well, I've had a couple of unsuccessful grows in my adolescent years, you know, and a couple of buddies always having a little success here and there. It wasn't until I learned, lived in Colorado the first time about a decade ago that I really started to see the scale and I laid my eyes on the first females, room of females, and I was in love again, you know. Um, but cannabis has been in my in my entire adolescent adult life since 13. It's been consistent, been one of the only consistent things in my life, you know. So you found out from an early age that it was essentially medicine for you? Exactly. Now, was it in your family? It was not. No, it was so shunned. It's yeah, so you something you picked up. Uh, tell us about the first time then. Was it like, did you get done with it and say, wow. The first time I actually didn't get stoned at all. I, I thought it was bunk. You know? <laughs> That's I common a, too, huh? I was in McAllen, Texas at the time, and uh, I was 13 and went to a punk show, and I thought it was just bunk. I kept smoking, and it wasn't until the second time that I, I knew I was in love. Were, were you inhaling? <laughs> it was true love. Oh, yeah, all the way, all the way. I wonder why that happens, why we can't get high the first time. I guess it's just starting to activate the endocannabinoid system, or it, I could argue that it was brought into this country in a tire somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so you came from a time where you smoked some, some of that uh, brown frown? Oh, $100 bricks all day. Nice. Yeah. Was that in Alabama? That was South Texas. Oh. Yeah. Now, South Texas, probably at the time especially, you could get, couldn't you get put in prison for 20 years for a seed? I mean, you could. The, <laughs> most of the cops, you know, back in those days, it was different. Um, I don't know it so well now. I've been away for, for so long. But those days, there was corruption everywhere, and I would beg to differ. It's still going on on a heavier uh, scale today. Yeah. Well, being so close to the border, too, you probably got the fresh brickweed. Mm. Is that a thing? Fresh fresh uh, gasoline smelling. Fresh gasoline smelling. Yeah. That's the real gas, right? Oh, man. Seeds, <laughs> pounds of seeds. The real diesel. Yeah, you might get a quarter pound of bud out of a brick. Right, of real bud. Of real bud. Well, so one of the things that first kind of led me to you was IG. I noticed your growing style. Now, you grow in a tent. I do. And... Uh, it's tight, man. It's clean. Thank you. Yeah. And what really intrigued me was that you have this really uh, skillful way of controlling your plants, basically mainlining and or some super cropping where you're, you know, bending branches. And But the thing is, is you're so symmetrical with it. It looks like a work of art, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate those kind <laughs> words there. It was um, enough to get my attention. I I uh, I've, I just like to flex genetics, you know, and I, I grow what I think I'll like. Sometimes the uh, the plant has great structure and, and she just works with you and it works out all great and you know what to do. Uh, sometimes they just don't work out so good. However, it goes back to zen and out. This is, yeah. a, this is an art from many, many years ago. So I, I feel like 
yeah, it's special, but if, if you spend a little more time on it, you can maximize your space and have a little bit more yield for, in my case, such a small area of flower. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Have you always grown like that? Like, has it always been tent style indoor? Um, since I started growing serious, absolutely. That's my, I am a true gorilla grow, in, if you would say. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I have, we have a small space here and... So on that technique, though, you you do get better volume or more weight. Upon a comparison, I don't know too many people who run dual 600 HPS anymore. Everyone's LED this, and yeah, I would I would love a 600, uh, wow. you know, ceramic halide yeah. and and all of this. But the fact is, I, I like the HPS. I run yeah. them, and I like my little setup. Uh, so it's hard to compare real numbers, but I do get quite a bit of weight out of a five by five tent. How much weight do you think you get different? Like if you didn't touch those things and just topped them, what do you think the difference would be? Off, off of just the top, you know, yeah, I'm going to have a lot more defined nugs, you know. Uh, however, I still get some great nugs, even off the lowers. I, maybe some of them a little bit popcorn. I'll just use those in my, uh, in my back stash for pressing or making uh extractions with it seems like you clean them up pretty good but you still get some i get about four ounces a plant of usable nugs wow on average for so quarter pound per plant yeah nine plants total in the tent and how long you think like four months five months how long does it take you to turn i'd say about four and a half months invested yeah some plants I've I've cloned and sent straight in. I just do a bunch of experiments with, you know, some plants. Like, I don't know if you followed the one that is a hilarity because it's a, it was definitely a donkey cock. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, dude, that thing was, you know, from seed. And I, I didn't veg it very long. It grew. On its own. It stretched in flower big time. So... And what, what strain was that? That was Afghani by Mel's Punch. And that was a, a seed gifted to me by George over at Mile Hydra. That's, that's my dude there. Okay. That's my mentor. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, I think Afghani does that, doesn't it? Well, or does that come from the other side of it? The Mel's Punch yeah, part? Yeah. I'm not sure, but that is the most na-na weed I've got right is there. It? I love it. I really? love it. I'm, wow. Yeah. Sandman comes, I mean, immediately. <laughs> day or night oh dude it's you're gone you smoke did it. you bring a joint of that man I, they got me spooked bob <laughs> bob r do you wait for a certain amount of nodes or a certain length of time before you start doing that shit i have actually got data on this and uh i've got it from clones too um you know the, the growth rates but i normally wait for the fifth node and i trim back to the third and i can take from there most of the time uh, I will leave the the uh, two nodes underneath where I top. Um, so the second node up and the third node at where I top. So I'll have four branches, and that's my starting point mainly. And if the side branches, you know, want to grow way faster than the top branches, then uh, I'll normally strip them, and that way I can have a, a, a just a steady fundamental base. I don't try to grow my stuff and force it into flower. I let it tell me when it's ready to go into flower. And what indicates that for you? Oh, just health. And when you, you know, sometimes you just look over and you see this, this plant's got, 
you know, 12 sites that it's going to stretch from. And you're just like, yeah, I can't crowd it naturally. It just looks like it's breathing on its own healthily, healthy. There's no, um, you know, you're not forcing that plant to do something out of, out of control. You're just, you're bending her over and treating her right. And when she shows you that she's going to, she's going to do well, that's when I like to send them in a flower. Interesting. Um, the last round I did, I sent nine different uh, varieties into my tent all at once. And this was just because of complications in my schedule and things that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so this is the first time I've, I've maxed the tent out, but I do like to have availability and room so that I can play with stuff. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. preferable. I talked to you about this earlier. When you first arrived, we talked about um, applying that to outdoor. Oh, I have dreams of that. Even though it takes a lot more time and blah, 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 you really think that would really maximize those plants outdoors, even if you're talking six, seven, eight foot tall plants? Uh, it'd be great, yeah. yeah. I, I also, I would love to see what you can do, uh, you know, laterally mm-hmm. with a plant and just cover a ton of space with one plant having it perfect Spread. height, you know? Yeah, and that's that's part of your symmetry that was really crazy is everything seems so... Just like if you split it in half, it was equal on both sides. It was crazy. Um, do you have to twist plants to do that? I I love to break them up. I'm yeah. abusive with them. I, yeah. I'm hard on them ladies when they're growing. Does it affect your, uh, like your flowering time? Uh, I don't really go too much into pushing a schedule so much. I'm going to veg only eight weeks. I like to see, sometimes I give a, a, a plant that might not show so much growth in in the beginning. I give it a chance and sometimes it's been rewarding. Sometimes it hasn't, but I don't really push a schedule of veg times specifically for a certain plant. Uh, do you find that you still end up around the same times like eight, you know, four weeks in veg, eight weeks in flower or relatively I'm sending from seed a plant into flower eight to 10 weeks after sprouting. Oh shit. That's a couple months into it. You said you were, went to Colorado originally the first time. Was that the 10 years ago that you were talking Correct. about? Correct. And then, so did you start growing at that point? I did not. I was around some growers yeah. and, uh, that's was my dude today. He's kind of a mentor to me. Yeah. Uh, one of these guys and really helped me out in understanding a lot of biology for the soil, a lot of different soil uh, mediums, you know, uh, how to grow organic, how to grow bottle. You know, I, I, I got everything broken down to, you know, as far as he could take it. Is it easy to snag genetics there in Colorado? I, I imagine. I would say there's an abundance of genetics in Colorado. Absolutely. I order a lot yeah. of my genetics from Spain. That's why. Okay. You're going hardcore with those genetics, man. Mantis is where it's yeah, at. Man. Yeah. Is that what you prefer? I love Mantis. Yeah. Yeah. How favorite. long have you run those genetics? Since the beginning. Uh, actually, I, I ran a bunch of lemon skunk and I lost my lineage to a buddy with aphids. Uh, however, ever since then, it's been Mantis in my garden. I love them. Were okay. those aphids from outdoor? They were from outdoor. Okay. Okay. They but were. So Colorado's got their fair share of aphids in. I'm as much as I clone, I really don't prefer to take in clones. I'm I'm a seed guy myself and it's not optimal for me to take in clones and I, you know, I'm I'm a bit partial to it actually. 
Yeah. Now, you've been working on a special cut we've been talking about, the Tropicana cookies. Correct. That's one of my personal favorites, I think. You know, I really wish uh, my gift would have worked out for you. I know, right? Yeah. Shout yeah. out to uh, to Bob R. Bob R. I, that's what he calls himself with the USPS. So our gift got, uh, what do they call that? Seized? Seized. Seized in Colorado. And you know what's funny is uh, that's such a harsh word. Oh, seized, you know, and he couldn't even prove that it was not or was CBD. Right. Because um, hemp is a... Uh, now nationally or federally legal correct so shipping hemp is legal it uh, is and uh, people do it i did not have the proper labeling there so <laughs> what all the their, hell man what the hell not the proper labeling <laughs> well i thought you said you had too much damn tape uh well that's what that's what signaled the package was right. uh tape in the corners to make sure it didn't rip open oh, yeah man. what are you doing <laughs> and then not proper labeling and then I reckon the uh, two ounces of mushrooms. Oh, the would you call them the uh, cordyceps? Those were cordyceps, yeah, for erectile dysfunction and immunity. And brain food, <laughs> brain food, man, brain oh, food. Oh, brain food. Those cordyceps, man, well, what jerks. You know, Colorado seems like they wouldn't have too much of a problem with that. Well, I slipped on the labeling. That's my bad. Bob R is just doing his job. Everybody's got a job. Everybody, well... Most people. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Yeah. He's probably got a different story. Come forth, Bob. So is there any outdoor growers in Colorado? Like, do they get a good season there? There are some outdoor growers. Yeah. I, I went to a, a farm earlier this season, and yeah, there's quite a bit going on. Like, do people like outdoor there? I wouldn't know enough to say yes to that. I know there are some farms that that do successfully sell to craft cannabis dispensaries, boutique dispensaries. However, I would say there's a high number of high plan count growers out there and the black market's still alive. Flourishing. Oh, just floor, some fire stuff too. Fire stuff. Right, right. So so you got good growers there. What's the average gram there on the shelf? Oh man, it it just fluctuated pretty pretty severe I, you can still get a hundred dollar ounce actually mm -hmm. um nothing less than that mm. i've seen 24 dollar ounces here brother i know it's it's absolutely blowing my mind <laughs> it wasn't that bad either it really wasn't that bad but uh it's gotten that low before it shouldn't it shouldn't be outrageously priced you know the, i i believe in the grower getting recognized and and making a living i i want people to grow and flourish with this plant but yeah. i don't believe that it should be taken advantage of and charged like it is being charged you know priced across the country yeah and growing your own you probably pretty much provide your own all the time oh yeah that's i don't worry about herb so you make enough shelves yes you make enough off your tent to to keep yourself in supply i actually make i make more ample supply good for I'm, you, I'm allowed man. to play around with a little bit you know good come extraction time i like pressing rosin so nice. when when i get to do that it's a lot of work but it's a treat for me is that what people in colorado prefer is the hash rosin now solventless yeah that's what it's about mm. it seems like the trends follow the cannabis culture 
no matter where you're at. Uh, did, did diamonds ever get popular there? Oh, huge, huge diamonds mm. are crazy. Uh, I think a gram on the shelves right now for wreck is like 110 bucks. Oh for, shit. You know, 110 that, bucks. Like they're selling for that. It's crazy. I think the best hash rosin, which we get really good stuff here is like 72 oh, gram. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's right. That's wreck, not medical. So yeah. Hash rosin has become the thing here. I like it better. It's too expensive, though. Yeah, I like to make it. it. Well, it's laborious, though, man. It is. It is. But I always see you working hard like that. I don't know how you have enough time in the day to. I just missed the molasses making of the molasses, man, down on the farm. That's yeah. some of my best pastimes going down there with my papa and making molasses. Send some up, man. Very laborious. I actually is it. Yes, but I actually use these. These are the best molasses you'll ever have. I use them in my teas. I use them as my sugar. Yeah. yeah. For what, my microbes. Yeah. So what goes into that? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, depending on stage of veg, flour. I try to get my plants pretty healthy before I send them in a flour. Uh, what goes into making the uh, molasses? A lot. It's all about the cooker. It's all about the cook. Um, sounds like some Walter White shit, man. It, it really is. There's a lot of uh, a lot of hand molded copper, so the uh, the still is pretty much built in a maze of turns for the the juice from the sugar cane to roll down in at a very controlled rate of cooking from you know propane blasting uh, nozzles from beneath. The cook has control, and it really is an art. And uh, these old guys just make us young guys look look silly. You're heating up the the sugar to turn it to molasses. Correct, cook the juice of the yeah. of the cane. cane so the itself. cane goes through a roller and it's held in a central sump, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, yeah. of that. And then that's what gets cooked down into the molasses. Interesting. So what what becomes the labor part of it? Uh, from the time you're cutting down, you know, my papa does this every year. I is it like a God like, bless his soul. Does he sell it or he does? He does sell it. Yeah, yeah it's gifted. It's used as currency in in some ways too. Oh, sure. You know, and and that's uh, something I appreciate a lot about of being home. There is there's a sense of community. That's all. Is it still black market there? I don't even think they have medical. Do they? You know, uh, I come from a really, really heavy Christian upbringing, uh, and all of this is really shunned. And it's not until recently that I get to see the the men come out of the woodwork who have been doing this. And I've known briefly about a guy here or a guy there growing, but for the most part, it is you know, there's not not too many people doing it there. But yeah, it's illegal as it gets. In yeah. Alabama. It seems like it would be hard to do it hot and humid. I tell you what, my grandma, she killed it this year. I know you're talking about she that. She killed you, it. You showed me some pictures, man. Oh, man. So first time growing and she just... My just, mama killed it. Now, is she going to use that? Like she's going to consume that? Or does she just grow up for giggles? I think I think uh, she just got a sense of happiness out of growing that. Nice. Well, as you do. Well, I mean, you don't have to consume it. Just growing it's fun. Correct. Don't you think? Yeah. It's a healing process, you know, growing it, some magical happens. Yeah. Yeah. Just like mushrooms, huh? Oh, definitely. Now, what do you think that mushrooms and cannabis goes kind of hand in hand? I mean, do you think a lot of people in the cannabis culture kind of have some sort of interest in psychedelics? I believe the two 
being grown together now is more or less becoming very prominent. A lot of uh, a yeah. lot of growers are growing both. Right. Uh, definitely noticed the trend rising. Yeah, and that's interesting. And I'm not sure if it's it's weird. Like I don't know if this stuff has just been going on this whole time, black market wise, or or are people just kind of floating towards it because it's a natural progression. I think the uh, the the really the false sense of security that's going on. It's it's the progression's happening. It is happening. However, it is still yeah. a very very dangerous area to go into. You know, even though they say they're not prosecuting because they don't put funds forth for it does not mean that a higher a higher level of government will come forth and uh come kick your front door down so it's it's definitely a degree of gray area there so it's still like against the law how does that work there so they they have not decriminalized them they've essentially put it on the lowest uh lowest priority list and they're not putting forth any funds to prosecute any cases but i imagine it's still a tool if they want to screw with you absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah so we'll keep that in the tool belt just not the most used tool definitely so do you see people using it more though out in the open not like walking down the street but i mean do you see more people being less you know hush about it absolutely i'm pretty open with mushrooms i believe in them heavily they're an amazing tool to have and if used appropriately can really help someone out um and i find out sometimes i'll carry an ounce on me and i hand out a couple of grams to someone and then it turns into the ounce being gone and you know the whole place is just high-fiving and giving lucky, each other hugs and, lucky colorado man oh man that's cool i you know cannabis culture and I, i'm hoping now the psychedelic culture kind of holds that value where we're very sharing where people are going to be very giving with it and and try to include it as a as a societal thing i agree i, I totally agree yeah so do you consume mushrooms uh quite often yeah okay okay <laughs> quite often let's make that clear yes have you seen value in it let's put this into context and we haven't really covered and i think we need to talk about this is both you and i have a similar story kind of revolves around alcohol we both had uh, alcoholism as part of our life with me and you getting to know each other over the time that we've had we've realized that i think we both had some similar experiences with alcohol if you want to elaborate on that you know your side of it yes uh alcohol has pretty much created a sense of hopelessness within my life it became to a point of uh of no return and, and it really had a lot of battles with it and growing weed especially um and the cleanliness the lab techniques the everything about even mushrooms but growing cannabis in particular has really been a strong tool in my belt to help me overcome a lot of this self-destruction that's been going on for years and in retraining my brain to be a, so a sober man having the discipline of of making sure your newts are on point you know what are my feed in this plant what can i learn today from this plant over time specific plants you just connect and it's so weird to say that you know mm -hmm. but a plant you know can can save your life and in particular cannabis without having cannabis on this journey into sobriety i really don't feel like 
I would have been successful, I think, you know, and, and success meaning the day I die. Yeah. Staying sober. Yeah. Because it's still a battle. It's still a battle. It really is. I feel you on that. I've been through years of it and I've lost a whole lot of friends. I've kept a couple, but it's been very damaging. And so cannabis has been for sure a tool for me. It certainly hasn't led me to alcohol, which I find is really odd. A lot of people still hold on to the alcohol as a gateway, but really for people like us, I think it's kind of a get out, as I've said before. Absolutely. Uh, do you think mushrooms kind of helps that too as well? There's been some studies that indicate it might help addiction. Oh man, I have seen it firsthand. I actually, uh, I still battle with tobacco. Uh, that's something I had kicked for a while and tobacco seemingly is harder to quit than even booze. I, you know, it's, it's really hard to kick. When I take a specific, you know, week of mushrooms, I, tobacco becomes so disgusting. I cannot, you mm -hmm. know, it just tastes, the taste is not there. You can't smoke a cigarette. So absolutely with addiction in that. And as far as drinking, when you dose yourself heavily, and you, you start entering into the realm that you pick up last your last trip. You know, you go back into the same realm and you're healing and piecing yourself together absolutely can help with the not necessarily the receptors that the alcohol is hitting in your brain. However, it can help the building blocks around your brain. It can it can uh, essentially boost your your mood, boost your confidence that you are, are able to achieve sobriety. So it can help in all those factors around the levels of dopamine, serotonin in your brain, absolutely. And alcohol is such an insidious drug. I, it's always mind boggled me since I've ever, I mean, since I first consumed cannabis that um, alcohol is so accepted. One of the hardest things that I found when I stopped was that it, you know, you could drive down eight city blocks and see four liquor stores oh yeah everywhere and, you know it's so it's so tough to you know i i would literally have to go down not go down certain streets to keep from getting triggered you know like it's just so easy to just pull right over and pull out six bucks and buy a freaking fifth man back to it blast off i mean easy you know <laughs> not stop until next month you and know? who's gonna know well everybody but who's gonna know in your alcoholic head you know oh every every single person right, right. right there looking at you that's the big lie man that's yeah. the big lie so just trying to know yourself trying to be positive and uh create a better you and i definitely think horticulture in general in specific cannabis man it's just a beautiful plant it's actually not hard to take care of everyone can do it i encourage people to do it it'll help you heal if you have any kind of problems marital problems you know it just gives you a sense of discipline to take yourself away from this sociological world we live in and it's directly related to the, your love for it it separates us from things we got going on that make clout are mine. Yeah. And certainly one plant can do that for you. You don't even have to grow to be having a full year supply type thing. Correct. To throw a plant on the balcony and just have it be alive for the whole season. Yeah. You know, have a little tiny bud sticking up or something that right there is, is a lot of just the, 
the fun of it. So back to the mushrooms and, and cannabis though, do you think that they work together? Like I saw a, you might look this up. I saw this the other day, an article about a lab or a group of scientists that were using cannabis and mushrooms together synergistically to treat, to, to do trials on treatments of things. Have you seen that? I haven't. That's awesome that this is actually going to clinical trials. I, I like all this new data that's coming yeah. out and I'm interested whether it be bad or good. I'm interested in absorbing it. Well, absolutely. That's the thing is we, we just don't know. And as users of psychedelics, uh, I think that we feel like there's something, there's more to this than just, you know, I saw some pretty colors, bro. Absolutely. So, it, the, the, the layers are real. Are deep. Yeah. And I've noticed just, just in the, even if you take away all the stuff that they think it can help with, I know for sure that in my use of, of mushrooms, at least, that I've done a lot of personal reflection and healing. Uh, I've had mushrooms trips where the first hour I'm just crying. I love those. You know, not like a baby, but I'm just sitting there like, you know, and just processing everything and all the stuff going on. And you work through a lot of that stuff, you know. It is a process. Yeah. It is. And I've noticed some of my best trips come after those processes where you work through those things that you need to, and then you work on the next level, which whatever, I mean, your mind presents that to you through those things. Right. You, it's, it's still, we're, it's not like DMT where we're completely taken to another dimension, you know, when we're out, out there, um, our subconscious is always present, you know, it's uh, in the back of our mind, uh, all of these things are present and it's not until we force a little extra blood you know, some oxygen and open start, up some pathways. Yeah, start firing some two A receptors yeah. and uh, letting the neurons flow in there until we really start appreciating what really matters—the truth. I think my initial uh, feelings of using psychedelics was that there's so much more potential in your brain, but we just don't have the right access, the the key to it. And psychedelics is a way to realize that because psychedelics are kind of a key into a mental world where we're using a lot more brain connections and synapses and all that. And you actually get a window of, wow, we're capable of a lot that we just don't know, or it's not tapped. Do you understand that? Am I absolutely enhancement? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, get... the, just this, just the ability for your brain. Like if you have a good, if you take a, you know, five to seven grams of good mushrooms and you close your eyes in a dark room, mm. just, just the detail of the geometry and the stuff that your mind constructs is amazing. And that's just one little window of to what your brain can do. Because when I'm sitting here sober and we're talking here, I can't close my eyes and turn the lights off and construct this innately detailed, whatever design in my, in my head but I can on mushrooms. Absolutely. So what else is out there? What else is in your brain that you're not using? Or, or you know, what's the next level after geometry? I'll give you a good example of uh, an athlete using mushrooms and this, you know, Evan Smith is a, is a psychonaut artist. And uh, an example, you know, you, you can watch Thrasher, King of the Road that he was on eating mushrooms, just stomping it, everything, killing it love in life you know i feel like at minimal you can uh you know you see better 
you think a little more clear, even when you micro dose, you know, you just get enough of the tingle to just, you feel the love yeah, and it really high doses. You really feel and see and taste the love. See, that's the thing is I think that, uh, and that's where I think people get sidetracked is that we filter out in our normal sober states. We're filtering a lot of stuff out. Our brain is, and you know, psychedelics gives us the ability to, uh, lower that filter down a bit, if not a lot. And when you do that, it can be, yeah, you get that. Your senses are, are tuned up and tuned in, if you will. That can be the overwhelming part for people is that it's like, whoa, and all that stuff happening visually and audit, you know, the, the definition of your hearing and then the, all that can be just, whoa, you know. Sometimes it is good to uh, take a, a few day break. I'm not promoting day. <laughs> daily use it is it is nice to have a couple of days break every couple of weeks yeah i'm not promoting constant use or anything like that i do think it's a journey and i think people have different journeys for sure i don't even know the last time i tried to do mushrooms a few days in a row my tolerance built up so damn quick that it was taking way too much to get back to the same states that i was trying to seek anyway right. so i think if i'm going to do it on a daily basis i would probably be micro dosing definitely yeah definitely where you kind of just you're you're doing something over time and averaging it out to where it's you would just be chasing the bag at that point yeah it's a eat an ounce i had to eat a pound man (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and it happens even with you know other psychedelics i've noticed that your tolerance really builds up quick oh man Uh, it's been a while thing Yeah, yeah it's been a while but i've definitely reflect back to the lsd days and i you know uh even even that you know got pretty i noticed your eyes got wide there pretty crazy (laughs) really quick well so i wanted to ask you that is lsd different for you than mushrooms without a doubt and how different visually it is crazy it's my mind is you know it's a whole different world lsd absolutely so you're saying visually lsd is is the kicker there with mushrooms i see color differences i see i can see vibrations almost some you know on mushrooms a little bit sometimes with the sky yeah if you're inside you look at the uh the blinds i can see the blinds move down well that's the thing is i do see like the wavy sometimes and sometimes if you get a pattern like in a like in a a design or something it'll kind of twist in itself and stuff i get that but it seems like people say you get more visuals with lsd definitely definitely i get the shapes contort you know do you think it's more colors can it be more overwhelming then i can i can definitely see it going south for someone who is not mentally prepared yeah more so than mushrooms that depends that depends because there's a there's a few compounds in mushrooms and you know to date we don't really know how how much psilocybin versus psilocin versus baocystin that's there and and there's no data on baocystin but there's a scientist that think baocystin has a lot to do with the dopamine receptors of 2C and how they react with the receptor 2A. So I'm hoping to see more research in that area in the future. Yeah. That'd be interesting. So what do you think? So you prefer mushrooms then? I, I, I prefer cannabis for my, right. m- my morning, no doubt. Oh, uh, well, for sure. For sure. However, yeah, a little... A little of fuzziness, you know, a point three, point point five in the morning for with my, my coffee. Yeah. Absolutely, it just gets my uh, my attitude adjustment is 
what it is. It gets me flowing, gets my mind active, creative, ready for any task that's thrown at me throughout the day. I also wanted to ask you too, before I get off of it is on acid, do you get the same kind of body highs? I would say, yeah, I, I do. However, my jaw is where I really feel it. Interesting. Yeah. And I've had similarities in my jaw. Yeah. Cause like, if you take a high dose, like if I take seven grams of good mushrooms, I get pretty like almost drunk where I'm kind of almost stumbling sometimes. Do you get nauseous? No, no, neither do I. No, but I'll get to the point where like, my senses are kind of all wobbly. Like my vision, I'm seeing tracers and stuff. And so things kind of get, you know, and I'm pretty lethargic. Like if I push the dose on mushrooms, it seems like I get where I want to lay, you know, lay down and close my eyes. And it's not like I want to go to sleep. I can't sleep, but I, but just, I don't want to get up and take a hike either. Oh, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think you've taken a real seven grams, brother. Well, maybe like the three or four times that in a day, a couple of weeks ago. Oh man, the sunset was out of, out of control. You know, some mushrooms have a really, really heavy come up on them and they can be total in your head and, and you could really lose it being a strong minded person. Too much of that type of mushroom could be a bad thing yeah. even for an experienced sure. psychonaut. So I like to pick my, uh, I like to pick my, you know, AA plus is really, really heady f for me right now for visuals, man. Like the well, see, that's visuals. the thing though is, so in my experience being around this shitty town in, in the state here, we don't have options. We get fricking cubensies. That's it. Well, a cube is a cube is a cube. Well, right. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I've never actually had experienced different types of psychedelic mushrooms. And there's at least a handful that I could you try now, you know, have access to now. Well, Bob R's on the radar, got me on the radar. Damn it, so Bob. I'll be driving him up next time. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to stay in Colorado, man? Man, my dreams are not in Colorado. If they happen there, then that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. I, I'm looking to grow for someone. I need a little responsibility in my life. I want to transfer, you know, love and, and passion in an organic way. Yeah. And make, you know, I want to spread that. I see too much cancer in the industry of greed, uh, instant wealth. Uh, and that's, you know, it shows and they're growing. And I just really don't want to, I don't want to promote that. I want to be part of the opposite end of that, keeping that, uh, you know, away from me. Yeah. Uh, does Colorado, are they kind of business based like that? Has it turned into a, quite the industry there? I wouldn't. I, the last time I've actually been to a dispensary to shop, I, it's been a Damn, while. That's amazing. It's been like a very long time. You don't even prefer to like have a couple extra options, like since you. I did used to like those robots, right? They're like 50, 50 CBD, fifty THC, so one fifty milligram one to one, and it became a problem. I'd eat like five of them, you know, at one time, and and just blackout stoned, <laughs> <laughs> like. How many milligrams uh, was that you said? That'd be two, uh, 200 and, or yeah, 250. 250 each? 250 CBD, 250 THC. And you take four or five of them? Oh, they're 50 each, so oh. 100 each. Yeah, oh, so, so you're 250 saying, total. So just, 250 would rip, rip you like that? Rip me, and then I'd just continue eating. Like we went to a Broncos game last year, and I, I ate a whole a whole package of them, man. I was sitting there <laughs> like, I am I was just so high, I couldn't even talk. Oh, my God. Well, because I have to hit 250 or three just to enjoy my day. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. I mean, I can push like 500 and 600. That's where I start to get. But like, no, really, like if I go golfing, got to have the edibles and I got to at least take 250 or 300. Then I'm giggling the whole time. And I like to giggle. Yeah. And at like 300 milligrams, it also gives a good pain break, I think. You know, my back doesn't hurt while I'm golfing. My knees don't hurt. My damn old man hips don't hurt. I think I think there's a difference too, like in the in the way edibles are made, you know. And uh, well, we were talking about that. Yeah, I prefer sugar base right? uh, um, isolates. To be honest, um, I know people are gonna boo, boo, full spectrum, uh, you know, oil based, whatever. I get that, and I do like it. It's just for me, the oil based uh, full spectrum stuff is great for sleep, like we talked about. You know, it makes me lethargic too. I want to, it's kind of like nar narcotic. And if that's what you want, phew, it's the way to go. I'm going to need that recipe. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to give that a shot for yeah, sure. And then you better be careful though. Cause you'll sleep for two days. Oh dude, I'm all about it. Uh, yeah, that's my problem is I'll wake up the next day. I'll sleep fucking well all night. Right. And then the next morning I feel like not drinking hangover, but just like you took a bunch of sleeping pills. So the next morning you're all just, oh man. Whereas if I do an isolate, not necessarily an isolate, if you even if you do a concentrate and then take that concentrate and make it into um, edibles with a sugar base, much cleaner for me, hits harder, goes away the same way. You know, it, it, it's a long high, but it, it comes quick and it leaves quick. So there's no like after effects lingering. Plus I get good rest and no hangover. So perfect. I'm going to give you some though, man. We're going to go do some edible, uh, what do you call it? Samples. Either today or tomorrow. Nice. We'll get you jacked up. Oh, razzmatazz. I'll call you in the morning for our interview tomorrow and be like, hey, bro, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I have this uh, this really cool story, and I actually wore the shirt today um, from a music festival. Oh, I like it, man. I'll get a picture of that. Uh, this, just say it says brownies. It, it says, says uh, don't blame it on, on the, the brownies. brownies. <laughs> Ten Sleep Wyoming. Uh, There's a music festival out there, and uh -huh. I was invited to go. Well, I brought a bunch of herb uh, this summer, and it was hot. I mean, it was so hot out there. Um, and I ended up making these brownies out of an ounce, you know, just in a in a camper, you know, right there at the campground, <laughs> yeah, right down the road from the music <laughs> festival. And I was telling everyone, I was like, "Oh man, you know." I'm kind of scared of those. I wouldn't eat more than an, like an inch by an inch square. Well, uh, later that day, it turns out the, the people enjoyed the brownies so much they they ate more and more and uh, sent a few people to the hospital. <laughs> well, we were talking about that neighbor I have that she makes suppositories. I'm interested, man. And I've heard you good things. Be, you got to be careful, man, because that stuff kicks in in like 10 minutes and you can easily overdo it. The problem is, I think, is that people don't have, unless it's tested cannabis, you don't know really what the percentage is. You can guess, right? But, you know, what you guess might be, you don't want to guess high. You're like, this weed can't be that good. It's not 20%. We'll say it's 17 and really it's 22 or some shit. You break it down and then stick it up your butt. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's going to, you know, you don't know. Right. So she says, you know, she's ran into some problems. She went to the hospital three times, knowing that Jeez. she's not going to overdose, but that she was that uncomfortable. I wonder if it was racy or she was just like, I didn't go psychotic. into, I don't know, but she said that, uh, she filed a, 
<laughs> she filed a formal complaint because one of the times she went in, they, they told her there's nothing they could do for her, that it was just cannabis and that there's nothing you can do. Uh-huh. She's like, bullshit. Anyways, she complained and they, just, fuck, they took her in and took care of her. <laughs> there's nothing you can do, though. She's a little dehydrated, got an extra bag of saline. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's probably mental for her, you know. Right, uh, right. And, you know, obviously they can do things, you know cater to you or whatever but dude you just have to write it out lay down in bed throw some covers over you you know turn the light out eat some ice cream take a shower that works for me yeah um or a long bath that's the other thing suppositories are potent also bath bombs i have a lady that makes bath bombs out of roots now listen to this man there are monoterpenes and diterpenes in roots that are not found in the actual plant with that said, there's a lady that we buy bath bombs from, very expensive, 25, 30 bucks a piece, but she uses the concentrate from the roots. No kidding. I'm going to send you home with one, brother. No kidding. You take one bath and that shit, oh. and it's hard to step out. Like, it's, <laughs> you want to make sure you're holding on to something. Does she ship? <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure she does, uh, but it's interesting to say the least what, I don't know what's going on in there. I don't know what action is going on. I don't believe there's THC in the roots. Uh, if there is, probably not much. But I'll tell you, um, whatever those terpenes are or whatever compounds are in there, it absorbs. I mean, like is, me, it, is the, that non not time? It, it yeah, it's it's yeah, like when like that time of the month for my wife, oh. throw one of those bombs in there, boom, dosed done <laughs> but we'll send you with one of those so awesome. but it's just interesting to think that you know these types of products that we can explore um really changes things up and makes it even that much more potent i suppose well what do you think for the future you know even uh all of these breeding projects and everything and and even inbreeding you know like cheese family came from skunk that was inbred right right um and i can see that happening it's so interesting. what other compounds are, can we actually create new compounds through breeding um, stuff like Techniques, that? Yeah. I think about, you know, and I, well, well and there's these big kicks now, CBG or CBGs and CBNs. And I believe in the CBN. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're going to run the gamut with the cannabinoids. I think that we're going to exploit each one for what we can for sure. I definitely like the CBN, the non strains, man. Uh, something that you smoke and you're going to bed. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And a lot of people are, especially old school guys. Right on. Because you know, that's what you were looking for back in the day, right? Right on, yeah, yeah. Couch lock. That's it. Put Done. you down. <laughs> but yeah, these guys are using breeding techniques to pull those out and raise those numbers up. So I, like I said, I think that's kind of the future where we're going to exploit every terpene and every cannabinoid to the fullest. I mean, sure. I, I, can, I can see down the road where we're going to be like, well, I'm going to have a CBG in, or a CBG strain. I'm going to have a CBD strain. I'm going to have a THC strain. I'm going to have a whatever strain, you know? Sure. But I, who's going to, who's going to back it by science and be fair with it? Who's going to, who's doing it to, to know? Oh man. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with us like this, man. Thank you for having me. It's, it's all the way always, from Colorado. It's fun. it's fun. It's fun to talk to you guys. And you have, you're our first interview in the studio, man. I, that is amazing. It's a great studio here. Yeah, just don't tell about the mess you see right now. <laughs> you get to see the mess before it all looks pretty. This table is clean. 
<laughs> Clean glass. Yeah. Never. Uh, and we got a few additions too. You sent us a mood map, man. That's cool. Hey, right on. I noticed you liked mine and uh, I was determined to get you the same one. Yeah, got you would, a couple more. Yeah, legitimate mats if anybody hasn't seen them. Like, at mood mats, man. At mood mats. And those came from Positive Vibes down in Inglewood. What's up, boys? Colorado, yeah. Shout out to you guys. You're going to be in the studio now. So that's cool. But they're legit. Like most people I was talking to you use those damn mouse pads. Yeah, man. Those things the slide. Hell? They slide around. Gear gets stuck all over. <laughs> yeah. Messy. Uh, but yeah, the mood mats, they're USA made. They're freaking, this isn't even an advertisement. I just think they're cool as shit. They're recycled material. They don't, my dab, uh, my rigs don't slide around. Actually, we're going to use this one for the nice rigs that come in through Walton Art. So, dude, it, it is a nice one. And on mushrooms, it, it <laughs> no doubt, that yellow is, it's very vivid. Very vivid. Very yep. vivid. Yep. Remember, you, you can get, serotosis or serotonin what is it? Ser serotonin syndrome is what it's called you can get serotonin syndrome which, from eating too much mushrooms which causes what which starts to numb the receptors oh, in I'm your sure. brain and they're blocked so oh, man that's gonna not be good you can essentially wake up a vegetable on mushrooms you think uh, i mean your feelings Right. They, they would just not be there. Right, right, right. Well, I'm sure you can screw yourself on a lot of things, especially if you're inclined to it. But um, what does it say, man? High body temperature, agitation, increased reflexes, tremors, sweating, dilated pupils, and diarrhea. diarrhea. Dude, yeah. I, I get that with my first cup of coffee, man. Come on. Okay, yeah. so, so acute serotonin syndrome or long-term effects of it. So you use it as a different tool than the concentrate. I imagine you just use it to, if you want to get to that heady state. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm more of an organics guy. I like my flour. I like my joints. I like to eat freshies. I like to eat dry, dry ground. So with fresh mushrooms, man, can mushrooms uptake things that might be, you know, not good for you? I mean, the, like cannabis, you know, there, you can, you know, cannabis sequesters heavy metals and such from the soil and. Fungus is a very, very weird thing that we really don't know all that much about. Um, top mycologists in the country, these are studies that I think are yet to be done. But absolutely, my belief is anything that comes from the soil can take from the soil. So, I mean, you know, growing your own mushrooms is probably a good idea then if you want to if you want to have the best product, right? I'm very interested in this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look more into this. Uh, this is something I'd like to know more about. But my assumption is yes, you have you would like likewise want to grow organically with mushrooms as possible. And what chemical would you know? What what synthetics would uh, let's say like a PGR is to cannabis? What would that be to a mushroom? Right, I don't know. You're already growing fatty mushrooms, man. God, I hope I don't have any PGRs in there. I know. What are you doing, <laughs> oh, man? He's man. figured it out. That's what his coffee grounds are. Yeah. Man, is the fucking PGRs PGR. right there. Folgers, right? No wonder you get serotonin syndrome. He's dosing the mushrooms themselves straight with coffee, man. Right? Get some magic dust. Fuck. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> straight enlisting Tinkerbell. Other than size, though, like on those bigs mushrooms, do they really? Does it really matter, or is it just a kind of a trophy thing? I didn't ask for it. It just became, and and it's aesthetically pleasing to me. Right? Yeah, I I like it. Yeah, I like to uh, try and beat the last wet way on the mushroom yeah. you know? no i get that but ultimately it's 
just it's the same as anything else in there, right? Right, and it's going to have the same effect as a small guy. And you know, a lot of people would tell you that the smaller ones actually have a little more of the stuff you want in them. And I tend to agree. I like a, I like like a smaller mushroom, um, but it is fun to to munch down a twelve gram mushroom. No you shit, know that's like I mean? eating an apple, man. Dry, just. What's your what's the deal on this? So people say that stems are a different high than the caps. The caps the caps have it all. Is is are you talking the psilocybin part? Correct. The caps tend to have a little more potency. Okay. And uh, yeah, I have tested this, and I, I would definitely agree that. Uh, an eighth of caps is a little better than an eighth of stems. All right. It's been decided. I've wondered that for probably the last 25 years of my life because I've been told that since the beginning. And uh, I've never, you know, done any official testing myself. I just eat that whole damn bag. But <laughs> well, well, the first box you're going to check is it's easier to chew and put down. Yes, it is. It's the first box oh, you'll man, check. Those stems, man, it's like chewing on celery. I mean, leather celery, man, it's. Just uh, just pick it fresh. Get you some yeah. good sauce out. Oh, I, ranch, baby. Ranch. Some some of that blue cheese sauce or something. Uh, no, I don't. I would think that I would like fresh mushrooms better. Although there's just more to eat. Like you'd have more that you're like <laughs> chewing down. It's so easy. They're so good. Just can you take? Mm. Does your mouth get blue from that shit? No, no, no I, I haven't seen that. No, well, the you know how it's all the bluing in there. Not immediately. If you eat enough of them, yeah, sure Ooh, it could get eyes blue. Eyes blue, <laughs> the room's blue. <laughs> so where are we at with that, with the tech, man? Or we're, we're at the end, you've grown some fatties. You get, what, four to five flushes? Uh, I tend to normally, if something's doing really well and it's showing me that it, it, it stays clean, yeah, I'll keep it for a couple more if there's possibility that i'll get a big fat mushroom out of it yeah but normally i'll flush three times and the cakes go into a, a drying mode and then i'm working on extracting from those cakes okay so that's the deal what do you do with those cakes at that point they're reusable or do you toss them or what do you do if there's no contamination then you know in theory we can take tech and take any residual psilocybin, baocystin, or um, psilocin out of the mycelium that was a fruiting cake. So the mycelium left behind still has your... Potential? It still has potential. How often can you reuse it? Can you just continue that process? Um, nope, that's it. So okay. the, cake, the cake is spent. Yeah. The extraction begins. I see. I see. So you're constantly making new cakes. Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. It's important to have an incubator big enough for what you want to do with it. Now, what do you make an incubator out of? You can make an incubator out of a tote. A tote, okay. And you can put little jars in there. If you're, you know, if you have mono tubs, it's really hard for space. You're gonna have to have a big space to stack your mono tubs to make sure they stay at temperature. As to where I like lasagna pans, I can throw some tin foil over it, and they go, they stack really well in an incubator. Does there seem to be We've talked about this. Colorado has a essentially has that law at the bottom of their list. So uh, mushrooms have become more acceptable there. And so, what is the market like? I mean, is there a market there for mushrooms? Is there? Is there? I. It's my belief that you know back uh, back when I used to grow mushrooms. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. When well, I couldn't keep them in in hand, I, oh, I just okay. could not keep you them just, in hand. I'm I see. You know, I, I would fight to fill orders. You right. Know? That's cool. That's cool. That's good. People uh, get moved up and down the list 
pretty easily. Ooh, got to be nice. <laughs> well, it sounds like when you when you have a flush that you're very um, giving to your friends and family. I tell you, there's so. there's been many times where if I have an ample supply, I just hand them out, man, because everybody needs some love. Mm, yeah. Anyone willing? I think sure he's also, little, here you go. He's also handing them out going, all right, we're going to see who's got their shit together today. <laughs> you do, you do. Ooh, you got you, some stuff you, to work out, homie. Hey, you need to stop crying in the corner, man. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> Serious Jedi mind trick right there. For real. What do you think about uh, people's first times? What's your opinion? I really think, uh, honestly, it's it should be used with intense responsibility because yeah. in a society designed to lock you up it, it can easily you know swayed someone if you've eaten an ounce of mushrooms then you do not need to be walking down the street you know that's the thing is i think that there's a lot of wild stories about acid mushrooms that are untrue but at the same time practicing some safety things i can see some freaky freaking kid or something taking a bag of mushrooms and then driving or some shit you know and well that'd be about as equivalent as going in and buying a half a gallon of whiskey and yeah. downing it and trying to drive afterwards too dude i mean i'm guilty though well <laughs> i've done that <laughs> literally but you're still about... <laughs> here you didn't get locked up no well both times on the dui did <laughs> but not for mental I know. Yeah. stability yeah for sure i used to drive across the country with a half gallon of jack daniels on my lap <sighs> just tools and i'm not sure there's much mental everywhere. stability in that either They're but crazy. i get what you're saying man it's you know psychedelics can definitely put you in a two north if you're not and what's funny is you know i'm sure a lot of that people that do probably end up in those bad situations come out of it fine i know there's people that don't come but back but for the most part like cannabis is probably just a really incredible experience and Unless a couple days later, you know, you're probably have a little after effects, but in, unless your friends are setting you up for a bad, bad, just that's that terrible, rude, joke, you know, that'd be rude. But, you know, the fact is, is think about it. How many people have taken massive a dose, massive doses of LSD, psychonauts and included the whole Grateful Dead uh, decades, all those people you can't tell me they weren't loaded as fuck on LSD. Oh yeah. And obviously they, most of them came out. Okay. You don't see no mental hospitals for LSD users, or I know yeah. a few people that are screwed up, but there for the most no part, safe use LSD clinics <laughs> and not for yet. Like we're hoping heroin clinics, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, they're, they're heroin. Probably there's some big cities that have safe places now. I well, think. that that's what I'm saying. It's like, we never saw that with mushrooms and LSD. Or it, you know a lot of the other drugs that no, are but so we called we may in, yeah, but we may in 2020 with that initiative because that's all um, you know yeah that'll be under clinical. I'm focus on you guys. I am too. I I would probably try it just to try it, but I don't think it's. I think you're gonna find that for experienced users that your own journey is gonna be much better. I think. I. I'm a I'm a firm believer in grow your own from the first place. Well, and not only that, I don't know how the term full spectrum would apply to mushrooms, but I would assume that there's some synergistic properties to a eating a mushroom versus isolating the compound. It appears to me that way. Right. I'm not saying that's a fact by any means, but it, it would seem that there may be other things that would act synergistically. Correct. 
any kind of, you know, multiple compounds that are isolated down to its basic component doesn't have the same effects. Isolate edible or a full spectrum edible. Full spectrum lays me out, makes me tired, lethargic. I get hangovers from it, but it's really good for my pain. Whereas isolated edibles, so that you use isolate on, it's only THC, nothing else, no terpenes, no cannabinoids, no no CBDs, nothing. Uh, yeah, that's different for me. It's much more uplifting. It's quick. It's clean. More apt to go on a hike and more apt to go and up, play stuff. golf. Yeah. Um, I don't get lethargic. I don't have hangovers. And when it's done, it comes back just as quick. Like fifteen minutes, boom, I'm back to sober. Yeah. Whereas, like with the like I said, the full spectrum, man, dude. That's I'm laid out. If if I do enough, I'll sleep all night and not want to get up the next day and sleep all day sometimes. So mm. you don't get that with the the isolate. So I'm just saying, I wonder if that's the same for some people. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. And, and once um, again, it, there's a lot of questions, man. And what the thing with that is if they're in a clinical setting, I see them doing isolation. They are not going to give you a mushroom. No, I don't think so. They're going to all synthesize. They're good, yeah. They're going to either synthesize it or they're going to get producers who provide mushrooms. And those mushrooms are going to then be processed into a, an isolated chemical form, you know? Um, I'd rather see that than synthesizing because anytime you make something from something that doesn't come from normally, then it's like that vitamin E acetate, man. You know, vitamin E can come from different sources. Right. Where nature makes vitamin E is not how we make vitamin E, right? And our bodies don't process them the same way. No. Which is exactly my point. When you isolate a compound, you're, you're kind of taking away the naturistic, whatever that may be of it. But we will find out, I'm sure. The future I is will. real. <laughs> Amazing enough, your <laughs> wife doesn't um, do these things necessarily as much as you do or with you all the time, but you've found your own little journey to be fairly successful. I respect my wife 100%. She yeah. is the rock in right. my life. She is the backbone of our family. Sounds like she allows you to have that journey too. And she gives me my space yeah. and she likes a better thing. She likes a better far out too, you know, so just <laughs> as much as anybody. So she sees benefits and she promotes um, these herbal medicines, you know, these natural medicines, this, this fungus, this plant, you know, 10 to one, hands down, there's no, no comparison. Um, and she sees that. So she definitely wants a better Thor around the house. Yeah, for sure. And it's amazing how much cannabis and mushrooms go hand in hand. It's just amazing. I see a lot of people who grow cannabis on their own, like like me or or whoever. Um, I see those a lot of those people stepping into growing their own mushrooms too. I think it's great. You know, it's almost like it's just a thing. On that note, for a beginner, all the stuff you've described seems pretty labor intensive and also very well. There's just a lot of detail that you have to pay attention to, like the cleanliness and stuff. So for a, a newbie, is there some sort of like if you is there some sort of kit way or a way you can make it simple for a new person to step into it? Absolutely. And, and, you know, and attack it that way until they can do it the right way. There's a, there's one thing I recommend for anyone trying to get into it and that's going to be do your homework, do some reading. Mm -hmm. um, you can start out basic with the, your basic essentials and there's many different methods. However, stick to one mm -hmm. and run that method all the way through. You won't know if it's going to work for you unless you run it a whole, the entirety of its, of its process, you know, and, and you can get, you can spend as much money as you want on this, but it doesn't have to be expensive. It's, 
really easy to do. And there are little, very few things that you need to get rolling. Um, anyone who, who wants to get started into this, look for specific books out there. There are books that you can buy, have shipped discreetly to your door, <laughs> and you can read time and time again if you have any sure. more questions. Yeah. Do you have any good mushroom stories for us, man? A, a lot of my mushroom experiences are now more spiritual and more, f mm. for me, I'm selfish with them, really. I was in New Mexico, man, and uh, well, I'm just glad I found my way back that time. Way back to society or way back from your head? <laughs> Both, but uh, I remember using the moon, you know. Uh, wow. So let me get this into context. So you're out, you're tripping balls, you're out in the middle of some desert or forest in or the forest i was all animal back then man yeah there there were bigger priorities at the time <laughs> <laughs> certified hippie at that point <laughs> so you turned around and made your way home yeah that make, did? make my way back to the resort bathrooms you know oh man do some cleaning did you up. keep were you still tripping after that were you still frying um no I, I was pretty sober at that point i remember having to get get some sleep because i had to work the next day I never get much sleep on mushrooms, man. I, li I lived in a tent on the side of the hill for a little while out there. So I was to myself and had many of good times. Yeah, I bet. Many. It sounds like you were single too. I didn't even shower after that. And yeah, I was single 100%. You didn't shower after? I didn't shower, Ooh. man. For like how many days? Six, Just... 16. Man, I stunk. Oh, yeah. I stunk. Ripe. Could you smell yourself? Yeah. Uh, it didn't bother you? Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. So you just didn't have access? I was... Well, I tell you what I did. I used my camp stove, heat up water, and I just washed my, yeah. you know, my drawers, my socks. Sure, sure. My socks. I was adamant about socks. You got to keep your feet clean. Absolutely. Oh, Not your ass, but keep, your feet. Keep them from blistering. Right. Swelling up. Well, you're hardcore, man. Thanks. I think I think you can handle Oregon and Colorado. <laughs> certified. Right, right on. What I would like to do is... Uh, Say thanks, man. Thanks for flying in. You know, that's huge. I don't think we've had anybody fly in for us before. Yeah, So awesome. this is awesome. I appreciate Much it. Much respect. Much respect. I appreciate sitting down in our new studio. You've been our first person. And so that was an honor to have you there. And uh, you're welcome back anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been great. You've been here like three days. It's been great, man. I appreciate it. Likewise on my end, man. I, I really respect you guys. Thanks yeah, for having me. Absolutely. It's been a blast. And for the listeners out there, follow him, Far Out Farms and uh, Far Out Fungus. And you can see what this guy's doing. He's killing it out there. If you have any questions, I'm sure you can answer them for them too. Hit his DM. I reach, cool? I reach back to people, you know, it's, it's, it's a common place. People have questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If people help me. I'm happy to help you if you have a question. Sweet. Sounds good. And uh, yeah. is there anything else? Do you have a Facebook or do you have any other social media that you use? Man, you know, I, for your I, stuff? I think uh, for the most part, it's IG. my IG yeah. and uh, I've got an, I've got a normal IG out there too. If you can find me, you know, <laughs> I think I found you, didn't I? Maybe uh, not. You might've found me. I... You got to know your name, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, much love, man. Much love. <laughs>